the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you joining me. My name is Jeremy Stolnecker. I am your host. And of course, this is the show where we give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. Uh, So much happening in our world, so much happening in our country, and it seems like every day amongst everything else that's happening, (laughs) new financial policies are being rolled out. Uh, We are at a moment in time of unprecedented inflation, we could argue uh, about, and we've had guests on talking about the reasons for that inflation. Um, one of my favorite guests is Tho Bishop. He comes on and he, he always goes back to policy. Policy, uh, drives what, ha- what's happening in the economy. He, he makes that statement all the time. He's exactly right. But we have policies that have pushed us into a place of historic inflation, gas prices historically high. Um, we could go on and on and on. And then on the other side of that, we have an administration that is pushing uh, tax policy and instituting new uh, taxes and new tax structures and hiring what we're told will be 85 or 87,000 new IRS agents. Things are crazy and they're just getting crazier. And if you're anything like me, you see all of this happening. You hear reports of these things happening, depending on what you're listening to. And you wonder, as I do, what does it all mean? How does it all shake out? What is this going to do to my life? And honestly, what can I do to to navigate this? This is why we have this show. How do we navigate so many of the things that are happening in the world around us? And honestly, there's so much happening. You have to stay focused. You have to stay on point. You have to ask questions. You have to learn. I hope this show helps toward that end. Uh, But we have a guest on today that provides some much-needed clarity on the topic of the financial uh, impact of decisions, policies being made by our administration. As we survey our nation, as we look across the country, uh, there are some good things happening in the United States in spite of other places where there are some bad things happening. But I think most of us would look to the state of Florida and we'd say that is the model, at least right now, things change. But right now, that is the model that all of us should be seeking to emulate. If all of our states here in the United States were emulating the model provided by the state of Florida, fiscally, we would be in a much different place. Uh, As it relates to our individual freedoms, we would be in a much different place. The education of our children, we would be in a much different place. So many things are happening in Florida right now that are providing an excellent example for the rest of us to follow. Uh, That doesn't mean everyone will follow it, but we have someone on with us today who is very involved in the policies and enforcement of those policies, uh, understanding what's happening in Florida. Uh, I'm grateful to have on today with us Florida's Chief Financial Officer, Jimmy Petronas. A great conversation, and uh, I look forward to having him back on because he, he speaks so clearly and so Um, articulately about what is happening, not just in Florida, but how that impacts the rest of the country. And uh, 
man, I, I love watching what's happening there, but I always have to step back and say, what can I do? I live in Florida or in California. I don't live in Florida. Uh, maybe you live somewhere else. What can I do? What lessons can I learn? As we go through our interview today, we come down to that point and I ask the question, what can people do? And uh, Jimmy is gracious to answer that. So please uh, enjoy this conversation. I hope it's one that you'll not only listen to, but share out uh, my conversation with Florida's chief financial officer, Jimmy Petronas. Honored to have on as my guest today, Florida's chief financial officer, state fire marshal, business owner, husband, and father, Jimmy Petronas is with us. Uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate it. Oh, it's my honor to be here with you. Uh, it's, it's unique. Um, a lot of people don't know Florida has an elected CFO. Uh, so getting an opportunity to to chat, tell you a little bit about our office, also yeah. gives some exposure of, of what we do in the state of Florida. And I get to work with some really dynamic people, and one of them sucks a lot of the air out of the room by the name of Governor Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I think I've heard of him. Yeah. He's kind of vaguely. I'm familiar with that name. Oh, man, you guys are doing a good good work in Florida, of course. Uh, it's funny you say that about the, the CFO. I was just mentioning before you came on, wouldn't it be crazy to be the CFO of a state? Like, that's a that's a pretty big deal. Um Tell us about your your story. I know you're a business owner, family business. Sure. Um, you have a very interesting background that's led you to this place. So I'd love for you to talk about your role as a CFO and fire marshal, which those two things. But how do you how does one get into this place? Where did you uh, kind of grow up, and, and what brought you here? Sure. So my hometown's Panama City, Florida. I served eight years yeah. in the Florida legislature. But I grew up in a family restaurant business. My family's been there 55 years. My brothers are still there. It's a big place. It's a destination restaurant called Captain Anderson's. We've got about mm. 225 employees. Uh, we've got about 800 seats. So it's a big place. And, you know, public service has always been in my system. Um, I had this great opportunity to serve in the legislature. And it's crazy. So it's a part-time legislature in Florida, except now I'm, I'm at year 16. So I'm kind of the gray hair in the group. Wow. And wow. Uh, so yeah. I, I did eight years in the legislature. I was termed out. I was going home. And uh, Rick Scott is, uh, is like an uncle to me. He, uh, he took an interest and, um, and asked me if I wanted to be CFO when there was a vacancy. So um, I was a CFO for 18 months when he was governor and then got yeah. elected with Governor DeSantis and Ashley Moody and Nikki Free, which Nikki Free just lost her Democratic nomination um, to run against Ron DeSantis in the November election. So Nikki will no longer be part of the cabinet. Um, and so here we go. I tell people the CFO in the state of Florida, I'm like the state's business manager. Keep all yep. the trains running on time. I get to sign Ron DeSantis' paycheck. So uh, <laughs> if, if I, uh, if I, if I want to get his attention, you know, I just I put it in the mail. Yeah. It's still electronic deposit. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, a, a gr amazing way to serve the state of Florida. Um, you know, it's my family still in the restaurant business. I can't unwire mm. myself from being a customer servant. I feel like I'm waiting yep. on customers all the time, but the CFO, I get to be the state fire marshal also. So whether it's yeah. before a hurricane, during a hurricane or after a hurricane, our office plays the role with the urban search and rescue teams, uh, with insurance, uh, and filing the claims process, customer service, and also insurance fraud. So if it's a disaster, our office is all over the place. And then, and then when you have those once in a lifetime disasters like Surfside, when that condominium collapsed, uh, it was our yep. office that, yep. that coordinated 
the recovery of all the urban search and rescue teams there for 30 days. Wow. So, I mean, and, and to kind of get the gravity of that, we have eight search and rescue teams in the state of Florida, about, about 450 men, women, engineers, doctors, and they're the, they're the green berets of, of our firefighters. So they will deploy out at times of a hurricane. So Hurricane Michael hits Northwest Florida, my hometown, 12 counties were affected and over 450 urban search and rescue members canvassed Northwest Florida. And, wow. and with Surfside, when that condominium collapsed, we had 450 urban search and rescue team members on a one acre site. So they worked 24 seven, um, 12 midnight to 12 noon, 12 noon to 12 midnight in the Miami heat. And, uh, uh, anyway, learned a lot about humanity, but also saw uh, the best in, in our first responders and the best of just yeah. how people care for one another. So uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell. I, I love the job. It's a lot of fun. And, and uh, again, more excited to, uh, to be here with you. This is good stuff. Yeah, that's uh, man, that's awesome. What an amazing time to, and you, I know you've been there for a long time, but an amazing time to be sitting in that seat right now. I mean, this is, you know, this is a moment that we'll look back on, generations will look back on, and the state of Florida in so many ways is shaping the national conversation. Uh, I just had an interview with someone who, who just in passing said, what happens in America will be what impacts the rest of the world. Yeah. And I think in the United States, we can look back and, or look right now and go, what happens in Florida in a lot of ways is going to impact the national conversation. What an amazing time to, to be where you are. I can't imagine. Uh, you nailed it. So my, my last semester at school, I went to Florida State. I said, you know what? I want to have an empathy from our government from the outside. So I was a mm. research assistant in parliament. And, and you know, and one thing I realized wow. is, man, when the United States sneezes, the rest of the world catches a cold. And, mm. and I see that with Florida as the policies that Florida you know, decides to push forward becomes the envy or the the path that other states mm -hmm. follow. So, I mean, look, I'm proud of my state. I'm proud of the decisions. I, I'm proud of my governor. Um, but, you know, we have we've got it really going on. 900 people a day are moving into our state. Um, this year, we put $23 billion in reserves. That's almost four times higher than ever in Florida history. So uh, a lot of good things are happening in our state and um, Unbelievable. Just real, real proud to be part of the team here. Hi everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman, John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his My Slippers. For a limited time, you will save $90 on a pair of My Slippers. This blowout sale of the year won't last, so order now. Mike has taken two years to develop 
the My Slippers, and they are designed to wear both indoor and out all day long. Made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, they are also made with quality leather suede. Call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. This offer will not last long, so order now with promo code SITREP at MyPillow.com. Yeah, unbelievable, man. There's so many uh, things. I, I spent four years of my early adulthood in Florida. I went to college actually in Pensacola. So, um, yeah, West Florida. Uh, no, I went to uh, there's a little Christian college yep. in Florida, Pensacola Christian College, yep. and uh, graduated from there like a million years ago. Uh, but, but uh, man, I love my time there, and that, that area is just absolutely incredible. It's beautiful. Uh, people are great. Um, man, what a great place to be a part of. I live in California now, which I'm also – I love California. Uh, but I wish Governor DeSantis was our governor. I would be much happier here if he was. Um, but that's a, that's another conversation for another day. Um, let's talk about uh, financial policy a little sure. bit. Uh, this is, uh, man, it's killing us. We were just talking again before you came on on the air about uh, the the student debt forgiveness program that's being rolled out today. We look at inflation and so many of the things that are happening right now. And then we have a government, an administration that is hiring like 85,000 new IRS agents, um, whatever the number is. Um, can you give us maybe a brief history or at least from your own experience of the IRS, what it's supposed to do and how we ended up in a place where uh, this is the, the arm of the government that it, it seems like at least is being stood up to keep normal people like us and I know Governor DeSantis has said, uh, you know, people like those in Florida um, from pushing back. How did we get into the mess where the IRS is what it is right now? Sure. So I, I spent some time with Marco Rubio earlier today, and we were talking mm. about the package. And, and I said, Marco, and Marco was my speaker the first year I was in the legislature. So I still call him speaker. And I said, look, yep. I said, I said, do the Democrats actually realize the gravity of what they've done with this expansion of the IRS? And, and he yep. really he really felt like they didn't. I guess part of there's the scratch in the head is where are they going to find 87,000 warm bodies to take those positions? Right. And, right. And, I, and I like to point out, you know, our own border patrol of the state, the United States, we only got 20,000 border patrol in the entire state, but we're going to increase the IRS to 80, 87,000. So, you know, they, they talk about, oh, this is to fill retirements. We'll fill your retirement spots. But, you know, I, I just I really cringe of where we're going to, um, you know, where we're going to be when this thing comes full path. It's not going to happen overnight. So this is why in Florida we're, we're pushing out uh, uh, four positions that we're intending to try to tackle legislatively. We're going to make sure that we tap our state chartered banks, the banks that we regulate, and we say, look, if the IRS contacts you for an engagement, you must notify the state of Florida. So mm -hmm. that'll be that'll be one. So we see the traffic and where they're going. Two, if uh, the IRS does decide to cross the line and and does ultimately have a political agenda, one percent of eighty-seven thousand is eight hundred seventy people. So I mean, we're we're going to have somebody with a political agenda. We're right, have somebody sure. just the rule of numbers. So, sure. so we, we're going to create some criteria where if it becomes a politically motivated investigation, that criminal charges can be levied uh, in the state of Florida. Again, the legislature will kind of hash that out. We're, we want to create a licensure uh, element to it where if you're going to be in the state of Florida, and I told my guys, I said, look, I said, how about maybe novel idea? How about ethics training? 
You know, how about yeah. we just we just yeah. force some elements of of how these men and women may be doing business state for, and then lastly, we'll create a defense fund. You know, and we'll create a means test to it. You know, if you're a millionaire, you probably got your own resources. But what about mom and dad who have a you know, have a dry cleaners or they have a, a small shop, small business that makes two hundred forty thousand dollars a year, and the IRS knocks on the door? That's pretty intimidating. In addition to being pretty intimidating, they're going to have to get the resources for CPAs, attorneys to defend it. So we would create a fund to help them deal with those type of challenges. So super concerning to us, but we're going to protect yeah. the Florida taxpayers. What are some of the uh, the new tax policies that are coming down the road, or at least being signaled that they will come down the road, that you're the most concerned about? I, I know as I watch the news, and I spend more time probably than than many people uh, watching the news, it it it's confusing, and it seems like every day something new is happening, and then the next day you're worried about the next thing. Uh, what are some of the new tax policies that you're really concerned about right now? So what they've done, even the CBO has said they're going to invest eighty billion dollars in order to recoup 200 billion dollars and so they have campaigned on the fact that that this is not going to affect anybody under four hundred thousand dollars well even the cbo the congressional uh, you know nonpartisan office is saying there's no way to accomplish that delta of 200 billion dollars without investigating those below the $200,000 threshold. So, you know, the, the policies that I'm seeing that they're going to be embracing is they're going to have a much wider net that they're going to go after. And one of the reasons why I get so spun up, I know you're living in California. I know I'm living in Florida. <laughs> this past year, Florida has, has been the beneficiary of $24 billion of new annual income that has moved to the wow. state of Florida. New wow. annual money families, wow. small businesses. So in, in contrast, I'm sorry to point this out to you, California has lost $18 billion. Yeah. So, and again, y'all are a bigger economy, but still that's that's wealth leaving your state. And my concern is, is, is the IRS will follow the money. The IRS, they will, they will have this new expanded net and they're going to target where the money is. They'll target Florida. Are you concerned with the, you know, you mentioned the people leaving California and going to Florida. There are other states, folks are leaving, going to Florida because you've done such a good job of creating an environment for business, uh, an environment for the folks that live there. I remember, so I was in the Marine Corps while I was in college and for many, many years, Florida was my home of record because of the benefit financially to me um, with tax sure. and, and the rest of it. It just made sense. And so you've created this environment. It's incredible. Are you concerned with the type of people? Uh, that sounds terrible, but the, the folks that are moving there, that yeah. they're going to take an incredibly conservative, prosperous state and, and bring it to a place, maybe not quite California, but toward you know where we are here. No, you, you've nailed it. So here, there's, there's a couple statistics I'll share with you that give me comfort. One, uh, November of 2021, the first time in the history of the state of Florida, we've got more registered Republicans than we do hmm. Democrats. Okay. Wow. So we, we turned wow. the corner in November now based on, uh, you know, I'm quoting governor DeSantis. We were at a, we were at an engagement the other day and he says, now that registration of Republicans over Democrats, Democrats, we're leading by 300,000 Republican registration lead over Democrats. Wow. And then here's wow. the biggest, this is now, this is where the proof's in the pudding. So we had our, our primaries in Florida this week, uh, and we had no Republicans at the top of the ticket. These were just congressional races, congressional primaries. 
uh, state Senate primaries, state legislative primaries. Those were the biggest races that were affected. On the Democratic side, you had Charlie Chris running against Nikki Free. Charlie's a, a former governor. So we had some big mm. tickets. We had uh, contested attorney general's races. Um, so even with those high-profile Democratic races in debate for the primary, we turned out more Republican votes than they did Democratic wow. votes. So wow. we're we're excited by the signs that that's showing us that even when DeSantis isn't at the top of the ballot, we're turning out more votes than they are. Yeah. Do you think that what's happening in Florida, the statistic that you just gave, is that um, information that can be taken and applied elsewhere in the United States? We've got the midterms coming up, and I know a lot of folks are very concerned about what will happen there. Um, we talk about the economy, and it seems like the Democrats continue to make decisions that if it's not intentional, that's that's even a little scarier to me if it's sure. not intentional, right? Like just the incompetence that is pushing or driving our economy right now. Um, are the things that you're seeing in Florida things that we can expect throughout the country or across the country as we come to the midterms? Kind of the voting trends and those kind of things. I, I hope so. But what I do know is, um, as we've seen, and Governor Sanders has been bouncing around to do endorsements and be a support and even work as a surrogate in key races around the nation, just like President Trump has done. So trying to invigorate that base of what's been good about the state of Florida and leverage that um, that that status that we've been able to have uh, have the pleasure of having and trying to embrace other Republican candidates around the nation. So hopefully that that trickles out, has an effect, energizes the base to show up. But you know, I, I hate to say this, and I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a conspiracy theorist here. Sure. But I'm, I'm convinced. You know, between those two packages that passed, the Chips package and the Inflation Reduction Act, which is oxymoron, just like the Affordable Care Act. There's nothing, yeah, right. nothing about either one of those. But, but right. you know, they, they ran them at the same time as they were doing the raid on Mar-a-Lago. So again, try to fill up the airwaves with as much you know Trump controversy as we can so people are distracted by it. And then we're going to run this hot mess of garbage through Congress with no Republican support to land on Biden's desk. Um, and look, I, I tell people Pelosi's done, Schumer's done. They're a point in life. They're not going to be leading those chambers anymore. And you know what? They just they they are what they are. They like spending money. They like yeah. using somebody else's credit card. And so they knew if they didn't do it now, you know, because we're we're on the threat uh, threshold of campaigning nonstop for reelection in November, this was their best opportunity to to get that hot mess of legislation passed. I have I've talked about this before. I'm very concerned that we're going to have the midterm elections. There's going to be this red wave that everyone's talking about. And then the Republicans will do what they traditionally do, which is not much. And we're going to then have to go back to fighting an uphill battle as we come into the presidential election in a couple of years. Um, one of the interesting things watching Florida over the last couple of years, Governor DeSantis has been amazing, clearly. He's led. He's a strong leader. He's a clear leader. He understands what he's doing. It's been fascinating. But but what's been interesting to me is watching people from DeSantis, you know, down to the average Floridian who have made good decisions. I mean, the things that yeah. we're seeing in, uh, on school boards and in yep. communities and on city councils is absolutely amazing. If you were to give advice to people in countries that, you know, are kind of wobbly or states rather that are that are wobbly, mm -hmm. California is not one of those, but there are a lot of them. 
What advice would you give to average people living in those states? You want to turn this thing around, here's what you need to do. What What is that advice? Hold your electeds accountable. Too often than not, I tell people all the time, and I throw myself in that same mix. You know what? My name is on the ballot. I am asking you for your trust and support. But dang it, if you don't hold me or those hmm. elected accountable, you get the government you deserve. And it gets me yeah. so frustrated when, you know, I, there was folks I talked to earlier this week. They said, well, I didn't vote because it was the primary. I didn't really care about the primary. Dang it. You know, that that type of <laughs> that type yeah. of extra rope allows those politicians with little or no backbone to do as they please. So you've got to always, I love giving my cell phone out. And look, they call me at all times of the night. But you know what? I don't hmm. fuss because I agreed for this job. I, I want to serve the citizens of the yep. state of Florida. Yep. I like being a watchdog for the money. And you got to find candidates that will be responsible to you. And if they don't, you throw them out of office. And, yeah, and, 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 and to your point a minute ago, you're exactly right. Washington is going to do what Washington does. I'm I'm totally convinced as we will get a Republican majority in both chambers, you know what? They they will still be um, weak when it yeah. comes to pushing out bold policy. One of the, you know, there's been so many terrible things that have come out of COVID clearly, but one of the good things that has come out of the last couple of years, I mean, we could look at Florida and, and the influence of your state, but it seems like people are finally lifting their head up and going, I need to hold people accountable. Otherwise, they're going to lock me in my house. And I, I think we've seen that across the country. To your point, are you encouraged with what you see people doing? They need to hold their elected officials accountable. Are you encouraged to see more of that happening? I, I am. And I tell you, I don't think it can happen enough. Um, we're are, I think, I think we're in a, we're definitely in a connect, connected age. You know, I'm available via Twitter at Jimmy Patronus or Instagram or Facebook or email. So, you know, and that's not just me. That's a lot of elected yeah. officials. Yeah. And, you know, and look, look, I, I think it's just the rule of numbers. You know, most people are, are good in nature. You're going to get some that are very passionate, but others, they just want good government. And and for the most part, you know, giving yeah. good government is what we all should be, you know, enthusiastically excited to do every single day. I don't take naps in the afternoon. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. try to, to, you know, dismiss doing work on the weekends. People stop me. They've got problems with their insurance. They got problems with yep. something else in government. I just, I, I listen, I make notes and I deal with it. Um, yeah. And, and that needs to be a standard that I think should be uh, emulated, but, you know, fortunate when you have somebody like a, a governor DeSantis, who's really seems to have the pulse of, of what people's frustrations are. Uh, it makes it a lot easier for people like me. And in our case, mm -hmm. members of the Florida legislature, to yeah. be bold and be more responsive, in my opinion. That's good. Um, what is something that you are concerned about that most people don't even have on their radar right now? Something you would say, look, we need to pay attention to this. And if we don't, this could go the wrong way. Uh, what are you watching that, that other people need to be paying attention to as well? You know, I, I can't stress my concerns enough about what's going to happen with inflation. Uh, I get concerned as we have had a, a very significant uh, uh, excitement in the housing market right now. Low interest rates have driven a lot of people into, you know, living that American dream right. and having a house, right. you know, but, but as 
the cost per square foot of house has been driven by inflation to a point per square foot that is not normal. You know, instead of hmm. building a house at $150 a square foot, they bought a house that was costing them $450 a square foot. Yeah. Well, right, and, right. and they're not, they're, what they're not going to think about is when we get in year two or year three, when there is any softening to the market, where there's not a correction in inflation, those property tax bills are still coming due. They're going to be assessed on that $450 price per yep. square foot construction. So I think, you know, there's definitely been some typical purchases that people do as they are developing a family or life. And they're so excited about building that family that their household budget, they're going to, have to pay a lot more attention to it. Because right now, let me tell you something, Washington is not. Washington cares zero about the inflation crisis. They're doing nothing about settling as people are, that are young families making these decisions at some point, that financial burden, it may just hit them in the face. And that's what gets me concerned. Are there some uh, kind of a, maybe a funny question, but some resources that you recommend to people who, who are concerned about that? Because you're exactly right. I, I remember back in 2008, um, my wife and I had just bought a condo and we had an incredible loan. We only had to pay interest and then it inflated, yes. <laughs> you know, it blew yes. up and then, yes. and then things did not go very well for us. We weren't uh, as financially aware as we should have been. Uh, do you have a place that you point people to if you want to learn how to do this better and prepare for what's coming? These are some resources that you need to get a hold of. Yeah, so that's, that's a big deal to us. So, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you lived through the last foreclosure crisis. I lived through it. I was in the legislature at the time, and I saw the collapse mm. of Florida's yep. economy when when construction stopped. So, you know, we got, personally, our, our shop at, at our, our My Florida CFO, we've got a bunch of uh, financial literacy criteria, I mean, uh, uh, financial literacy uh, curriculum that we make available. Yep. And we push it out, you know, and it's crazy. Financial literacy. How could you not love that? But we yep. had we had to fight four years in a row to get that as a mandatory curriculum in our schools. And, yeah, and, and I know you said you were a Marine. I'm sure you saw it with a lot of your, your fellow Marines. Some of yep. them knew how to manage a paycheck and some of them didn't. Right. Um, a so lot again, of them didn't. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. so trying to trying to get out and that young generation, as they're so excited about home ownership, understanding the magnitude of cash flow too. That's good, uh, man. So many other things going on. Where can people follow you and follow your office and get a hold of some of those resources? Sure. So again, um, I'm real easy. And on Twitter, I'm at Jimmy Patronus. Um, you can find me on on Facebook the same way. And yep. then on Instagram, I'm at Jay Patronus. My, my state website is myfloridacfo.gov. And, uh, and, you know, there's, we've got a whole bunch of resources on there. They're downloadable resources. But the great thing about it is we've got a lot of partners. There's a lot of accounting firms. There's a lot of banking awesome. uh, companies that, that, and credit unions that they like fiscal literacy too because they yeah. don't want people defaulting on loans. So we've yeah. created this partnership to try to educate and inform the consumer how to be wise with their money. The biggest thing I tell people is pay your credit card bill off every single month. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Patronus, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. And hopefully we can uh, we can do this again. Now, we've had some technical difficulties today, but next time we're going to have it all ironed out. It's going to be perfect. So, uh, man, really appreciate it. Of course. And look, when you're ready to come back and settle in Pensacola, <laughs> I will take care of you personally. I, I appreciate that. You never know. I might take you up on that offer. All right. But take uh, care. thank you so much. Yes, sir. Of course. 
Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. One of the things I love about this show, The Situation Report, is that we have on so many incredible guests. And uh, man, today was one of those days. Such an incredible guest. I I, I love talking to people that are not um, theoreticians. (laughs) This is not theoretical. Uh, It's not something they read that they believe might work. Uh, but having folks on who can talk to us from a place of practical application. Uh, Jimmy uh, grew up in a family business, still part of the family business, an entrepreneur. He understands the impact of the federal government and the state government on the small business owner. Uh, he's been involved at every level just about of uh, of the political system in Florida, and he's involved right now in a very pivotal place in a very pivotal state, at <laughs> a very pivotal time in our nation's history. And uh, man, so grateful to be able to have him on to talk to us about some of these things. I look forward to having him back. I hope this is one of those conversations, one of those episodes that you'll listen to, um, learn from, share out with other people in your life that need to hear this. If nothing else, everyone in your life needs to hear the last part where we talk about what can be done, financial literacy, um, doing the things that we can to safeguard ourselves against some of these policies. Very, very grateful for that conversation. Thankful for the opportunity to have it. If you are not yet subscribed to The Situation Report, please subscribe now. Whatever podcast platform you are listening from, make sure you hit that subscribe button, and uh, that lets you know when this and every other episode comes out. We have three episodes a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, every single week of the year. And we want to make sure that you have those episodes as soon as they come out. The best way to do that is by subscribing. Also, uh, leave us a rating. Again, whatever platform it is that you prefer to listen from, that's fantastic. Leave us a rating, and uh, that will help not only the show, but it will help those who have yet to hear about the show. And that's the goal. And then take some time, go over to YouTube. You can find our channel, The Situation report. Find that there. This episode, so many other episodes are there. Subscribe, hit the notification bell. Again, that lets you know when content is pushed out. And then leave us a comment, uh, share this content out. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. Look forward to talking to you next time. Many of you know that my day job is working for an organization called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. I've had the opportunity to work with the Mighty Oaks Foundation for a little over 10 years now and very grateful for that opportunity. 
I served in the United States Marine Corps and left in 2003. When I came back from Iraq and got out of the Marine Corps, I transitioned and had some of the same struggles that many of our veterans today have. Uh, That transition time can be very, very difficult. I moved on with the help and support of my family and others in my close-knit community and really, in many ways, tried to walk away from my service. It was too hard, too difficult for me to look back, to remember, to stay connected, and so I chose not to. About 10 years after I walked away, I was reconnected with many of the men that I had served with in Iraq and even before that Iraq deployment and came to understand that so many of the men that I served with did not do well. I came home and I struggled, but I had a family around me and I had a community around me that helped me to get back on my feet and continue moving forward. So many of those that I had served with, however, did not have the same opportunity. They came home and didn't have that family around them, that community that could lift them up. And so they made some decisions, decisions that we talk about often in the veteran community. I was reminded about 10 years after my service that some of the men that I served with in Iraq came home and struggled and decided that it would be best for them to end their lives. Others who had not taken their lives, but who had struggled from one relationship to the next, from one job to another, and had never really gotten back on their feet. I learned after 10 years that walking away from my military service was not really an option. (laughs) You see, we think we can hang our uniform in the closet for the last time and walk away, but our obligation to those that we served with remains. It was at that time that I had the opportunity to get connected to the Mighty Oaks Foundation. It was just getting started. I met our founder, Chad Robichaux, and together we began to work on what is today a national nonprofit serving veterans, active duty service members, and more and more the first responders in our community. That's what we do. You see, Chad served in the Marine Corps as well, and both of us have an understanding, and so many of the folks, many, many folks that work with us now who served in the military and in the first responder community understand that we may get out, we may hang the uniform up, but we still have an obligation to care for those who have served or are serving. That's exactly what we do at the Mighty Oaks Foundation every single day. We run programs across the country for those who have served, veterans, or are serving, active duty service members, those who are serving in their community as first responders, police officers and firefighters, and others in that first responder community. We serve them by helping them to understand that there is life beyond their service, that their identity should be wrapped up in more than a uniform or a job that they've done or are doing, that there is a purpose, that there is a plan. In fact, that God, the creator, has something he intends for them. And that if they'll simply align their lives to the life that he has for them, so much of the trauma, so much of the difficulty, so much of their past, so many of those things that have a hold on them, they may not go away, but they won't maintain the hold and the control. Here's the message we try to convey and communicate. There is hope. And there is a community of people found within the Mighty Oaks Foundation that understand where you've been because we've been there. We don't have it all figured out. We're certainly not perfect, but we've taken some steps to move forward and we want to take you with us. That's what we do. How do we do that? Again, by communicating the fact that there is hope, by connecting with others who've been there and know how to move forward and by getting around you and supporting you as you begin to take those very important steps yourself. 
The Mighty Oaks Foundation is blessed to have supporters across the country that make it possible for us to do the work that we do at no cost to the veteran, the active duty service member, or the first responder. For you to attend our program, you simply need to set aside five days and come to one of our locations, one of our facilities. We'll do the rest. There will be no cost to you for the program, no cost for the transportation to get you to the program. We do all of the planning and all of the logistics. You simply need to get there. We want to remove every obstacle for you to get the help, the encouragement, the strengthening, <laughs> the hope, the renewal that you need. We're thankful for the opportunity to do that. Perhaps you are not a veteran or a service member. You're not in the first responder community, but you care about those who have served and are serving our communities. Well, you may fall into the other category then. Perhaps you're someone that can support what we do financially to make it possible for those folks to come along. Maybe your support is not financial support, but you know someone in your community, in your town, in your church, uh, in a club, or something else that you're a part of that could use this kind of support and encouragement. Plug them in. Let us help them. Let us get them on the road. No cost to them. We want to do the work, but we need you to get them to us. That was a lot of words. If you listen to the show, you know I say a lot of words sometimes. So let me point you to the one place where you can get all of your questions answered. MightyOaksPrograms.org is our website. MightyOaksPrograms.org. There you will find more information about what we do as an organization. There's an application for those who would like to apply. Fill that out, application out. Our team will get back to you, set everything else up. If you would like to support the work of the Mighty Oaks Foundation, you'll find a place to do that there as well. And there is also a section for resources. So many of you know people who need help but may not start by coming to a program, attending a program, but they would read a book, they would watch a video, they would listen to a testimony. We have those resources there for you as well. So please come and join us at the Mighty Oaks Foundation's website, mightyoaksprograms.org. Our veterans, active duty members, and first responders need our support. Maybe you're in that category. You need our support. And that begins by going to the Mighty Oaks Programs website, mightyoaksprograms.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.